this is another sister of mine. I was in the car with her, and we're up in Denver, and she's like, oh, you know, I need to get gas. And then we pull into the station, and she's like, hey, can you maybe, would you be willing to pump it? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I can, but what's up with that? And she said, well, I only know how to use the gas station near my house. Wow! Like, did you bust out laughing? Well, I did, but then I realized she was serious. That she was very terrified to like try using this new gas station. So we had to have a little life moment over it, and so just kind of some weird stuff like that. So all I'm saying is that you know, you guys are going to get calls. People are going to say, "Please never have her on the air again." No, they won't. No, no, no. We got to learn from you. (laughs) So. I'm just saying that sometimes we realize that there are just quirky things, maybe patterns that we've fallen into. And I would say, you know, having a partner is great. Playing to your strengths is great. But remember, you know, even though Ecclesiastes 4 talks about a cord of three strands, you know, you're still a separate strand in that cord, y'all. You know, spouses will will think that maybe on that last day, they're going to be able to point to their spouse and blame them for a lot of stuff, you know, maybe their own mistakes or whatever. And I'm like, no, I think you're going to have to be responsible for your own heavy lifting when it comes to that before the Lord. And so, you know, singles have learned a lot of things by necessity, and we tend to do it to a fault. It's almost like our opposite application is we have to learn dependence. The world around us is full of false choices that temptation to be us versus them, for or against, in or out. But what does it really look like for followers of Jesus to engage in the messiness of life, the gray issues of faith, to truly allow our lives to conform to the gospel? Join us as we try to figure it out. We are the Brian and Janelle Podcast. I can't tell you how many of my married friends have gotten married and then they make all these assumptions about their spouse of like, this person is going to want to spend every waking moment with them. Or the woman that says, I absolutely love knitting and I really hope my husband is into that because that's, you know, something that we want to share together. <laughs> well, you know what? Chances are probably that's a hard pass on his, uh, on his side. Hey there, Brian and Janelle podcast listeners. Brian here with a quick item for you before we get to the main content in today's episode. I'm super excited to tell you about a podcast series I created in partnership with Moody Radio that's available now. It's called The Grandfather Effect. And here's the quick backstory. I only have really one strong memory of my paternal grandfather, Tom. And it was when my dad and I were standing shoulder to shoulder in a crowded room right in front of his open casket. And I remember standing there a bit mystified, because you see, Grandpa Tom had lived only about 15 miles away from my house growing up, and yet I never saw him. He never talked to me, called me, never came to birthday parties. He was no part of our life. He had disowned my family when I was about three years old, and my family was left with lots of questions. Because from our perspective, the reason he disowned us didn't seem to make much sense. The circumstances were so seemingly trivial, it just didn't add up. So what happened? Well, about five years ago, I decided to try to find out. And that journey became much more complicated than I could have possibly imagined. And I chronicled the entire thing with a recorder in my hand and take you along in the journey. 
The podcast series is called The Grandfather Effect. Would you consider giving it a listen? I'd be super grateful for your support. And if you like what you hear, maybe you'd be willing to leave a a nice review or even tell a friend about it. All right, let's get back to today's episode. Thanks a lot. Joining us now, I recall her laughing uproariously at my jokes in the studio. Oh, yeah. Uh, she loves her time with us. It's her very favorite. Lisa Anderson not only hosts The Boundless Show, heard right here every Saturday at 9 a.m., but also uh, works for and with young adults at Focus on the Family. Yeah. Welcome back, Lisa. Great to be here. Do you agree with my assessment about your laughing at my jokes? Uproariously? I felt it was a little overstated, but I'm going to let it pass. Yeah, you were so. you were like, I just want to let that go. Wow. Oh, We've known wow. each other that long that you're like, okay, Brian. Anyway. Yeah, I definitely got out a chuckle out of what you were saying. Not that I remember exactly what it was, but um, it was fantastic. A chuckle. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I don't mind those. What? I'll take anything I can get when I got teenagers at home. I like that you're coming with lessons that uh, married people can learn from singles. But before we get oh, started... I thought that was a joke. No, that's... A- <laughs> That's what he was thinking, Lisa. That's it. I have so much to say on this topic, you guys. Well, good. Because first I wanted to ask you, so when y'all single people get together, do you talk about us? Are you like, man, they really got to learn this? (laughs) Well... Not necessarily, although it is funny. I do remember a time with my um, one of my team members at work where we were talking about something and she kind of called over from across the hall like, I don't know why in the world married people can't figure this out or something. And it kind of was that we both got, you know, a laugh out of that. And we started saying, coming up with things that like, oh, yeah, you know, and what about this? And what about this? What yeah. about this? So, you know, then we had to be a little bit humble because there are plenty of things that singles learn from married people. And hello, I talk about them on my show all the time. So I thought it would be kind of fun to turn the tables a little Mm -hmm. bit. Like, what are these lessons, air quotes, (laughs) that you have for us today? (laughs) Okay. Well, so the first one, I mean, a couple, a lot of these are just kind of fun, but, or it can be addressed in a fun way. But like the first one is, and this kind of is born out of the conversation I had with my coworker, like married people can learn how to maintain your independence in a good way. Okay, because I have people like, let's say maybe my sister, who, um, <laughs> for lack of a better illustration, who I just went on a three-day trip with her. And in order to go on a three-day trip, she actually had to make meals for my brother-in-law and put them in the fridge in the freezer and like give him what? instructions on what to make. What's up with this guy not being able to just maybe get some food? <laughs> so That's terrible. Like, okay. It, it was weird. Okay, so I mean and again, we're not talking about like a month long sabbatical. <laughs> I mean, it was just kind of a weird thing. Similarly to that, I have heard from people so that here's Here's like coworkers or here's people that I've heard through Focus on the Family. A woman who said, I can't even work the remote in my house because my husband always does it. So like when she wants to watch a show, her husband finds her show for her with her remote. And I'm like, okay, well, what are you going to do when your husband's not there and you want to watch a show? So we had a little what, what conversation does she do? about that. Kids. I don't think she watches shows. Yeah. That's, Lisa, that's, that's so bad. Well, no, but I'm saying this is you guys telling on yourselves, y'all. Yeah, Yeah, for real. I'm not even going to hate. I'm not making this stuff up. At first, I was like, 
I could do no, con- I could do controls, please. That's not me. But then I thought, and I was like, oh wait, I don't like pumping gas. My husband does that, so that's not very independent. Oh. Are you, are you going to tell her okay. what you did? The, what the one time? <laughs> are you serious? So I was driving to work, and like I was on E, and my husband pumps gas. But then I was like, okay, he's at work. And I got to drive back home. Like, what am I going to do? So I got to work and I told Brian. In a I panic. I don't know what to do. I'm almost on knee and I got to get home. Yeah. And I yeah. said, I don't no. know, you could get gas. <laughs> this is exactly one of my examples. I was traveling. This is another <laughs> sister of mine. I was in the car with her and we're up in Denver and she's like, oh, you know, I need to get gas. And then we pull into the station and she's like, hey, can you maybe, would you be willing to pump it? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I can, but what's up with that? And she said, well, I only know how to use the gas station near my house. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. Did you bust out laughing? Well, I did, but then I realized she was serious, that she was very terrified to, like, try using this new gas station. So we had to have a little life moment over it. And so just kind of some weird stuff like that. So all I'm saying is that, you know, you guys are going to get calls. People are going to say, please never have her on the air again. No, 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 no. no. We got to learn from you. (laughs) So I'm just saying that sometimes we realize that there are just quirky things, maybe patterns that we've fallen into. And I would say, you know, having a partner is great. Playing your strengths is great, but remember, you know, even though Ecclesiastes 4 talks about a cord of three strands, you know, you're still a separate strand in that cord, y'all. Be a contributor, and I I think a lot of marriages tend to struggle because one or both partners kind of lose themselves in the marriage, and so... You know, it's like just an opportunity to say, hey, you know, I am still my own person. I'm still someone who, you know, I'm, I'm responsible to God for myself, not for my spouse. I think a lot of, uh, you know, spouses will, will think that maybe on that last day, they're going to be able to point to their spouse and blame them for a lot of stuff, you know, maybe their own mistakes or whatever. And I'm like, no, I think, you know, you're going to have to be responsible for your own heavy lifting when it comes to that before the Lord. And so... You know, singles have learned a lot of things by necessity, and we tend to do it to a fault. So it's almost like our opposite application is we have to learn dependence. I remember a friend of mine, she was on the internet Googling how to fix a carburetor. And I'm like, you don't know anything about carburetors. Why don't you just like ask one of our guy friends to like give you some advice and then they can win in that space and you don't have to obsess about it. She was like, oh yeah, I guess so. Time for a quick break, but more of these lessons that seem real, that Lisa Anderson has discovered (laughs) that married people could learn from singles. More on that in a minute. You made it to the middle of this episode. Wow, you did it. So if you made it this far, that probably means you're at least tolerating, if not, dare I say, enjoying what you're hearing. And if that's the case, I'd love to ask you for a favor. We'd love your help spreading the word about the Brian and Janelle podcast. You know, there's such a crowded space in the podcast world, so many different things to listen to and choose from. Would you consider sharing this podcast or maybe even this episode with two of your closest friends, please send them this and tell them why you like our podcast. Helping us spread the word would just be a huge way to support what we're doing. Thanks a lot. Back to the show. 
Brian and Janelle mornings with our friend Lisa Anderson, director of Boundless, and also serves young adults at Focus on the Family. And today she's coming with lessons that married people can learn from singles. We oh. talked about the, the first one, which is maintain your independence in a good way. What's the second one, Lisa? Yeah, I would say another thing that where, you know, marrieds could probably learn from singles is straight up how to make friends. And here's the deal. Oh, Brian needs this one. Hold up. Get your pencil. Get your pencil. Yeah, no, it's true, though. Okay. (laughs) Okay, okay, good. Because here's the deal. Singles have the potential to be friendship pros because if we aren't intentional about building friendships, we will have no one. Okay, so Mm -hmm. this is something that we've gone after. And I can't tell you how many of my married friends have gotten married and then they make all these assumptions about their spouse of like, this person is going to be their everything. This person is going to want to spend every waking moment with them. Or the woman that says, I absolutely love knitting and I really hope my husband is into that because that's, you know, something that we want to share together. <laughs> well, you know what? Chances are probably that's a hard pass on his side. And so it's like, you've got to get friends. You've got to be able to build relationships outside of your marriage that can complement the relationship within your marriage that can give you additional, you know, sounding boards that can give you accountability that can just allow you to kind of grow in areas where maybe, you know, you can't just glom onto your spouse and have them be your everything. We know that's not even biblical. And so, you know, we're a single person. We need these people in our lives. We need to have that mirror. We also need our friends. They're our ride to the airport. They're our chicken soup when we're sick. They're our sounding boards. I remember you guys, and this is so sad. I remember someone writing into me at Boundless once and saying, Lisa, I just can't wait to get married because then someone will be obligated to love me. To make that assumptive statement of like this person, I'm going to look to this person to be everything for me. And it's just not true. And so, you know, I always say, men, have your hobbies, your guy friends, your men's groups and ladies, let them go. You know, I mean, again, it just we have to be able to to allow one another to grow in the ways that God wants us to grow. I'm part of a a dad's Facebook group on uh, Facebook. Hello. No surprise. And uh, one of the like the almost daily Facebook posts from friends do not even count, Brian. Okay, yeah, right. Whatever. Yeah, no, it's clearly yes, yes. No, but I mean, once a day, there's a guy who posts on there to this group of men. Like, my wife's unhappy. And I don't have any friends. What do I do? And that's the reality for a lot of married people. So you're absolutely right on that one. Look at you, Lisa. And I like that it's you crap. just it, you didn't just say both men and women get friends, but you're calling out women to let the guys go because we. We do kind of play this guilt trip about you're going to leave me alone. You care more about your friends or so. Thank you, Lisa. Mm-hmm. You go ahead. Well, it is because you women cannot work your remote. And you're not letting them go out with their friends. OK, so that, <laughs> that's, that's what it, it is. OK, so that's a quick one. Let me go to one other one that I think you guys can learn from us. And that is how to date. OK. So here's the deal. That's true. Singles have got our dating game on because it is make it or break it. We are out to impress. We're out to win. We're out to woo. We're being creative. I mean, I know singles who are like doing personality tests with the people they're dating. They are coming up with super creative dates. They're making time for this person they're interested in. It's all about woo. And it's like, once you guys get married, it's just like, let's go out and just grab some Chick-fil-A yeah, and we, maybe we talk gave about up. Our, kids, yeah. our kids' school program coming up yes. next week. And it's like, don't use time together to administrate your marriage. 
learn how to recapture fun, how to get to know your spouse, how to, you know, enjoy your spouse, how to just get to know them kind of like when you were dating and you were having fun and being creative. And so, you know, maybe a few tips from your single friends who are out there, you know, pounding the pavement, trying to find that person uh, might be good to put into your, into your wheelhouse. Yeah. We need single friends to just give us the ideas. It's exhausting to try to think of one. You should text Lisa. Sarah, well, I mean, exactly. Sarah and I are going to be married 20 years this this next year. That's yeah. a lot of dates. Yeah. I, give me the ideas, Lisa. Yeah. Okay. So good. Well, Thank you. We got them. Yep. Okay. And you've got, was that four? Uh, no, there are a couple others. I oh, mean, there's let me more. Say, okay. Yeah, we need more. Yeah. Please. Okay. So that was, okay. That was one. How to do that. And then also I would say, here's a, another thing um, to think through. And that is how to find family in the church. So a lot of times, you know, you load up kind of your family, you go home after church, whatever. And I know, you know, I've seen a lot of memes out there that say something to the effect of family is everything or whatever. And I'm like, well, you know what? No, it's not. There's not going to be marriage in heaven. Uh, Only our spiritual family is going to last. And so what does it look like to maybe um, enfold a widow or two at church or an orphan or a foster family or maybe a single adult? You know, singles, this is where um, we have to go after this as well. And and I always say, you know, one of the most encouraging passages in Scripture for singles is out of Matthew 12, when, you know, Jesus was still, says he was still speaking to the people, and his mother and brother stood outside asking to speak to him. And then he says to the man who tells him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Mm-hmm. And he says, here are my brother and my mother and my brothers stretching his hand out toward the disciples. And I'm like, you know, too often it kind of comes into that whole, like, my family is my everything, and, and looking outside ourselves and making that something where we're inclusive of other people, recognizing that we're part of the family of God, first and foremost, I think is a great practice for everyone. And then finally, my final advice is uh, something to learn from singles is how to look to Jesus to complete you. And so, um, you know, I've, I'm told, uh, I've been told as a single, you know, well, remember, you have Jesus, he's all you need. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, he is. But you know what, he's all that you need, too. In fact, he's the only sure thing that any of us have. And so um, oftentimes, we, we think, uh, I know a lot of my married friends look forward with very great fear about what if something happens to my spouse? What will I do? I won't be able to survive. And the fact is, we will, you know, God calls some of us to be single, but none of us are called to be alone. And so I always remind my married friends, you know, your marriage isn't the biggest thing about you, just like my singleness isn't the biggest thing about me. And so, um, you know, it's okay for us singles to grieve singleness. There's so many great things about marriage. But you know, first and foremost, if you're a disciple of Jesus, you are a child of the King, and we have to rest in that identity, and marriage is a gift in that construct. And so recognizing that our identity comes from Christ alone, not from our spouse, not from our kids, not from our station in life. Um, And so that's something that I think singles have to run after every day and remind ourselves of that in the losses of life. And so maybe our married friends could learn that too. And look at this. Lisa Anderson was right again. She's amazing. You should have a marriage conference. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay, how many people would come to that? I would go. I'd go. I'll recruit people for you. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Lisa. We'll try try it. It'll be fun. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode. Don't forget, if you like what you hear on a weekly basis, we'd be grateful for your ratings and reviews wherever you listen. And also subscribe so you get the latest episodes. Follow us wherever you are on social media and search for us online. We're at brianandjanelle.org. 
Don't miss our weekday morning show with conversations just like this. You can listen on the Moody Radio mobile app or again at our website, brianandjanelle.org. Special thanks to the talented team of individuals who tirelessly put together this podcast every week. Josue Villa, Mike Reynolds, and Ron Eastwood. The Brian and Janelle Podcast is a production of WCRF Moody Radio Cleveland. Until next time, we're Brian and Janelle.